four teaching friends from across the country. Who've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry and lose sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Deanne. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kathy. And we teach so hard. You know what's really hard? Setting up a behavior modification plans for your classroom. Mm. Assuming you want to. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Wasn't that great, intense music? It was lovely. I enjoyed that. Fits perfectly. And teaching friends, we're going to tell you about behavior modification in a minute. But let me go back to a story from my first week of teaching. Well, maybe my first month of teaching. When I finally figured out that you really do need to wear pants under those short dresses. Yeah. Oh. And switch to shoes with lower heels. But anyway, besides that, somebody in one of my grad classes gave me a clicker. And t- it was this little clicker that people used when they were grocery shopping in the days before computers oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. had like, yes. yes, they weren't all different colors. I think mine was red. And um, they could add up like all the things they were buying right. in the grocery store. So they had an idea of what they were spending. So I used it on this this lovely little girl who, who had a blurting problem. She just blurted out whatever she was thinking. But, you know, it really didn't bother me that much till I got observed because I'm a blurter too. <laughs> but, but it was suggested by my master teacher who was in charge of me that, <laughs> that I use this clicker. And every time she blurts that I should, I should click it. <laughs> well, besides being a blurter, she was also extremely bright. And she figured it out after about 10 or 12 clicks. You're clicking that every time I say something, aren't you? It's all about me. (laughs) And so I said, yeah, someone told me it was a good idea. What do you think? (laughs) And she said, I don't think it's going to work, but go right ahead. (laughs) She was a fifth grader. I should have qualified that. And I was 22 years old. And so... (laughs) And so I tried it for a little while, but by the end of the day, I was positive that thing wasn't going to work. But there are some other things you might want to try in your classroom. As far as behavior modification goes, that that do work. I just don't like calling it behavior modification, I guess. It makes me think of Pavlov's dog. Ding, 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 ding. Or B.F. Skinner. I used a clicker for one of my dogs one time. It didn't really work either. (laughs) So, so... Pretty much, we can advise you all, don't try a clicker if you're trying to modify well, behavior. Well, Retta, weren't you, like, reinforcing the behavior? If it was, like, um, stop. She, yeah, she was, a, she was somewhat amused by it. Yeah, I yeah, think I might have yeah. been. Uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah, because yeah. she figured out it was her so, and then the click. I mean, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was all about her, which was yes. the problem in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what is behavior modification if you look at it definition it's um, it's, it's um <laughs> go, go ahead somebody else can take that I, i've not had enough <laughs> the whole point is you want it you're seeking to change or shape a behavior right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if i do a i want to get b 
Right. And so you might do things to assure that you get B. Um, And it's based off of the work from B.F. Skinner. And you you brought up Pavlov's dog, but it but it is the it is the um, kind of operant conditioning. Yes. Supposedly it works on people, too. And and it does if it's positive. They're neutral responses, reinforcing Mm -hmm responses and punishing responses and Mm -hmm. the reinforcing or positive ones really are the ones that work the best, not the negative ones. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, sometimes though, I think you you do have to, you know, stop, stop the negative stuff. Isn't there a lot going on in schools where you can't let them know if they're doing something wrong or if they have a low grade, it has to be brought up and you can't let them know that, you know, they can do better. That's kind of crazy. I've heard of other districts. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've been hearing about that. that grade up? You You could never do it publicly, but but a private you're supposed to let them. You're supposed to let them keep taking the test over, oh. or you know whatever, and you well, can't give them a low grade even no, if they deserve it. I mean, that. that's not just. This is. Uh, that's this is something else. Yeah. So the thing is, is that you want a child to master something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and you don't go on with this indefinitely. But let's say that they fell short, like really fell short on a couple of the goals that you're wanting them to show mastery on. Do you just keep going, or if you have the time? You know, can you reteach and let them do that part of it again to see? If okay, okay. So math, math tests. So here's here's what I did with math tests in my much later years, my last year of teaching. I figured this out. So we had a classroom economy, and we had rainbow dollars that that I gave out for different things. If you got a perfect score on your math test, you got twenty rainbow dollars. As, as your payment for making a great score. If you got 90 or above, 90% or above, you could get 10 rainbow dollars. Mm-hmm. If you got it, it, and if you passed it, if you just made whatever mastery was, I think it was like 84% that year, um, you could get at least five rainbow dollars. And anybody who wanted to had the opportunity to retake the test the next day. Would you give them like the same grade? Because I used to do that too. If a kid got, yes. you know, if a kid failed, I wouldn't, I would give them, they could redo it, but they could only get like a 70, 75 no, is the no. highest. Because here's no, the they thing. had equal opportunity to get a hundred. Everybody did. It's standard See, I don't, grading. Because, really? Because yes, I don't think that's fair to the kids that did it for the first time. You but, know, why should, but this isn't like high stakes. This is, this is, it's not like high stakes testing. The The thought behind it is, that they are mastering the standard. So if okay, they, I think it's different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. Where I was coming from. Yeah, yeah, it was and, like, and it was elementary. Yeah, and in many cases, if they didn't make mastery, it was because they didn't read the problems or they didn't spend enough time thinking or there were all kinds of reasons. Okay, and that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I, give the test back. Yeah, I would hold the test until then. You know, they finished the second one. So I get where you're coming from. I understand that. I guess I was talking. Mine were uh, if I. You know, when I would give them a social studies test, they would study, we would study together. And if they really did lousy, then I would give them the opportunity to make it up to a 70 or 75. And that's not like a mastery, like what you guys are talking about. So Yeah. And those were kids who were, they were middle school kids and they were yes. more motivated by the grade. Mm-hmm. Elementary kids would have been more motivated by the rainbow <laughs> dollars. But that's right. Yeah. But they are, <laughs> I mean, this is part of the whole PLC, PLT thing with the Dufours. 
that mm-hmm. that standard based grading is you know if your if your district is going on that approach that standard based grading goes all the way up through high school mm, yeah um and our district Tracy still does that is that true um many of us do yes i don't know i don't know if i can oh it's it's not standard anymore it's yeah many of us do i mean like i don't grade homework because Mm -hmm. homework is meant to practice right so why am i attaching a grade to something that a kid this the kid has to be able to allow to to fail at some point or grading their (laughs) parents see it's a good right again i'm concerned about and with, with middle school, I wouldn't grade it either, but I would give them a check, a check plus or a check minus. A check is average. They've done it. You know, a check mm-hmm. minus, they didn't do everything. And a check plus is extra. And what I would do with that is I would, at the end of the marking period, I would add, I would ra- add any pluses so they could, you know, higher their grade. Mm-hmm. And if the minus is like, you know, it would lower it a little bit too. So, yeah. because. So it did make it, excuse me, it made it count. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that, but that's middle school, you know. So it's yeah. different where you guys. Yeah. We've digressed. Of course, we <laughs> yes, we have. We have. To our listeners, this is a struggle for us because we can talk for hours. <laughs> that's true. Let's and we, we, need, we need to modify that behavior. Yeah, <laughs> we to modify our own. So. Let's we know what modif- mod- behavior modification is. So let's talk about ways that behavior can be shaped and, and things that we've tried ourselves. You know, when I hear behavior modification, I, I, I have the same thought that Retta just talked about, um, that condition response kind of um, stuff. But I mean, really, when you think about it, you start with behavior modification day one. When your children walk in the door, you are setting schedules and routines, right? Yeah. And right. your classroom world revolves and orbits those or with those those schedules and routines. That is a form of behavior modification. Um, the what you choose to address and what you choose to ignore is a form of behavior modification. It's not just, you know, like the target sheet that I might put together for a child who needs a little extra oomph and a self-reflective piece in the morning and a self-reflective piece in the afternoon, you know, okay, how did I do here? Because they need to learn how to self-monitor themselves more with whatever, um, whatever the behavior issue is. Um, that's behavior modification too, but it's, it doesn't have to be that, Right. Right. Absolutely. So there are some tried and true ways, though, of getting at behavior modification. Um, And actually, um, Educational Psychology Interactive, which is um, this website, lists some really basic ways of getting at behavior mod. One of the first things they talk about, in fact, is modeling. All the time. Right. And we do this. That's right. And my gosh, how many, how often did you model that first month of school over and over and over again? Right. 
right. But, yes. but did you model behaviors? Did you? Yeah. We used to do this thing in morning meeting where, you know, we'd have somebody, they loved this. Oh, too. yeah, they love Somebody that. would model <laughs> the wrong way to do yeah, something, yeah. and then someone would model the right way, right? <laughs> yeah. That's role playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everybody wanted to model the wrong way. Of course, because it's fun to be naughty. <laughs> right. <laughs> but modeling is. Why is that? Huge. Okay. <laughs> Because I think down way down deep, we're all iconoclastic. So um, maybe but modeling <laughs> is huge. And then cueing, um, reminding a person to perform a certain action at a given time, right? How many times have you, I remember doing this with some students early on in my career with who, had, who were dealing with ADHD. And I felt like I was saying their names over and over and over and over and over again. And so one of the things that I would do was there was like a little X marks the spot kind of post-it on the corner of their desk. And I would walk by and tap the post-it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yep. Oh, perfect. Not embarrassing. I love yeah. that. Something, something that I used to do when I was in special ed, I would take a little card and put it on their desk. Mm-hmm. And every time I'd see them doing something good, I'd come and make a little check or mm-hmm. something. And they would get, you know, they would earn, you know, they would get some kind of reward for it later. Yeah, and, you know, you didn't have to right. say anything, but it I was, like the subtlety of both of those things. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've had even that like a signal with a kid, kid where I tap yes. my nose or something that only the child and I have talked about mm-hmm. beforehand. Or I've even found just your bodily presence, right? right? Like you just kind mm-hmm. of move near the child, and right away they know. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Proximity. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> the teacher. Look. Sometimes you just have to look at them. Yeah. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, it's it. like student teaching 101. I mean, I think that's one of the things I, one of the first things I learned as a student teacher was how to use my proximity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huge. You know, discrimination right. is another one where you teach a person to behave in a certain way for a certain set of stimuli, but not for another. So, um, when you're, and we do this as teachers all the time without thinking about it, when we give a reward or reinforcement, um, it's only after an appropriate response, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. That's, that's behavior modification. I mean, that's what we choose to do. And sometimes though, that, that can be really tricky, right? Because sometimes we do things so automatically without thinking, as we go through our day, that when you, you might have another set of eyes, like, you know, in a podcast that we just recorded earlier, Retta talked about having a coach in the room. When you have another set of eyes come in and they point out, did you know that, you know, you're given a quiet signal, but the reason your kids right. are talking over you is you don't well, really you're talking wait. with your quiet signal like, up. <laughs> yeah. Not yes. adding the wait time. Yeah, you're, you're giving yeah. you're giving a reinforcement to the wrong behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, go yeah. ahead, Dean. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say another one. This is just changing a little bit. Is satiation. It's like um, you know, if a baby cries at night uh-huh. a little bit before he goes to sleep, he eventually will get tired of that and he'll fall mm-hmm. asleep. And you know, hopefully with satiation, a kid will get tired of a certain behavior because you're ignoring right. it, you know, so it's so important. Oh, I've got an ex- extreme example of that and it worked so well. I had a friend who had a class that was pretty uncontrollable mm-hmm. and she was a very hands-on teacher and 
lots of fun stuff was always going on in her room, mm-hmm. learning stuff, but, you know, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of hands on science experiments and tinkering and um, cooking, <laughs> it, you know, back in the day when you didn't have to worry about peanuts and stuff. And she, what she would do, she started to do this. She took, like she picked four kids who were always appropriate. She moved their desks over to a corner and she just started teaching over there and just ignoring mm-hmm. the behaviors that were going on. And kids were starting wow. to ask if they could join. Mm-hmm. And, wow. you know, and she'd let them join if they stopped the inappropriate behaviors. And one by one, before you knew it, it didn't take that long. She had her entire class, like just you know, listening to her every yeah. word and That's getting great. their hands in all the good now, stuff. You know, this reminds me of something. Um, in a district that I worked in at one point, um, you know how teachers can be really a rough audience <laughs> yes. when something new is being adopted. And, yep. um, so this this um, was be this thing. It was actually um, a word work thing was being you know the, the, the district was looking at it so the person who was in charge of of introducing this what she, she was genius she showed it to a few teachers people who would get on board right away and could see the value of it right away and they started using it and teachers around them said, oh it was the shiny new and teachers around them said hey where did you get that? Oh, I got it from so-and-so. Yeah. They showed it to me and she told me all about it. And I got the books because, you know, well, how come I didn't get an email about that? Oh, well, why don't you call her? And, you know, and so then they called her and she's like, oh, sure, you could come. I'm going to I'm going to have Behavior this meeting where I teach teachers. people how to do them. It. So the teacher showed up and it kind of went from there. Oh my God! I think I remember that. I was in that group of early I too. and I remember how that happened. And people wanted it, but if you shove it down exactly. their throats, not- but how it wasn't that smart. Wasn't that smart? Wink, wink. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about some practical applications. What are some ways that we can use behavior modification in our classrooms? A lot of times at the beginning of the year, I would actually start the year off with um, have the kids come up with what behaviors they think that we would be appropriate for a middle school classroom. And that gives them uh, some power in that, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it really seems to work for the most part. <laughs> and the other thing is so important to, you know, if you do something, there's a consequence, no matter, hopefully it's a positive one, but if not, it could be a negative consequence. And, and that's really important. You know, behavior modification reminds me of something these friends of mine once said. They were like these world-class trainers who worked with these professional teams. And, you know, their little bodies were like rubber bands. (laughs) But they tell their clients all the time is it's the little activity, the little steps you take consistently. Consistently, <laughs> consistent. I'm like, yep, there's nothing consistent about me. <laughs> but, which is why I'm not in health and fitness. But but it is the consistency. <laughs> Sounds like my dancing yes. school experience, which we will not yeah. go into tonight. <laughs> Read my blog. 
consistency is really, really important. And, and kids they might do. not act like it, and but they crave and- <laughs> consistency. Knowing there's rules. Yes. They do. Yes. Mm-hmm. All that. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't be their friend. You you know you're their teacher and that's mm-hmm. and that's it. I think that's yes. a lot to do with it too. But you could be their teacher that they really like mm-hmm. a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and there's a difference. There is. Oh yeah. There is, yeah. Like I, I I'm not above like I want my children to know that I respect them because I've learned a secret that when kids know and believe that I respect them, that they respect me back for the most part they do. Um, So when, you know, I have a student who's had some challenging behaviors for me to have a private talk about, so what was going on today? I mean, they actually will tell me what was going on today and I will be able to say, and I have said, you know, well, tomorrow's a new day. And what what could you do differently? Because this was right. rough and they, today they and I appreciate your honesty. I was really too. disappointed. And having that Yeah. They and do. I'm not yelling and I'm not beating them up. And it is a right. private conversation, but they're willing to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. We had, you know, homeroom periods. And what I do is I would, you know, call kids up, you know, like, like every day, I would talk to a a few kids at my at my Mm -hmm. desk. And that that really helps too. you know, they mm -hmm. or to recognize then to turn around and say, you know, the next day, um, I'll give a little love note in the mailbox, you know, that's in a little envelope and just say, hey, today I noticed, right? Oh, love that's that. a great and one. And I've done that in a circle too, um, where uh, when I'm s- sitting in a circle with them, uh, checking in with them about how fifth grade is going, I've said, oh, "Do you guys want to hear that. what I've yeah. noticed about you?" And of course they. <laughs> oh, of course they <laughs> do. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> and I'll say, "I've noticed that responsibility is your middle name because holy cats, you never miss a homework assignment." Right. So and you're being I super specific. How kind you are to other people who need help. And I've noticed exactly. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. what's interesting is how some of them will sit there and they'll glow, and others will sit there and nod, and others will have problems looking me in the eye, and their ears might be red, but the thing is is they're hearing me. Yeah. Yeah. And some kids have trouble accepting mm-hmm. compliments too, so that's part of that. For some kind of, of them, along those same lines, Tracy, you guys know how much yes. I like to take yeah. pictures, and it's so cool. oftentimes I will take pictures of kids modeling the behaviors mm-hmm. that I want to see. Yes. So, for example, we were doing like, what does it look like when we're working with partners? Like, literally, what does it look like? What does mm-hmm. it sound like? So, I took pictures of certain partners who were sitting close and leaning in together. Certain, and then I and then I write about it and put it on the bulletin board. Like you know, mm-hmm. partners make eye contact. Partners yes. nod their head and smile. Um, so like because we can talk and talk and talk, but hey. it's not until I think they physically see. Great they go, idea. Oh, that's what it is. You know. So we have we do also have a whole other bulletin board that says um, the best right. things in room nine. And things yeah. like cooperation and leadership and, again, all the traits or behaviors right. I want to see, I take pictures of and we post it up there. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. That's a great idea. idea. um, (laughs) T-charts, looks like, sounds like. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it's so good. So let's talk about this. We've got let's say we've got a student <laughs> that's beha- quote unquote behaving all over the place. <laughs> um, what are some specific things that we you would do to change a student's like really specific that you would do to change a student's behavior? Whenever I've had students that have definite behavioral um, challenges, I meet with that student one-on-one and we talk about, like, let's narrow this down. Like, what's going on with you? What do you think is really stopping you from Mm -hmm. being the best learner you can be? And they're often able to pinpoint it. Like, I blurt out too much or I never turn in any of my work or whatever it is. And so we make a little, like, behavioral contract where it's mm-hmm. that one specific behavior. And then we have a goal. Like, you know, let's say mm-hmm. I check in with them three times a day. So before recess, mm-hmm. recess to lunch and lunch to after school. And almost like yours, Tracy, where you tap on the, the little star, or whatever it is, I give them little tally marks mm-hmm. for each time I catch them doing the behavior or whatever it is. And then we mm-hmm. add it up and they can earn things that they really want. And usually these kids want things like, lunch with the teacher, like just that one-on-one time or, um, but we come up with it together and it usually lasts only maybe a week or two before they change that behavior right. because they, they see that, Oh, look, I really can change mm-hmm. this. And then I'm earning something I really want, not tangible earning, but you know, again, mm-hmm. that time, that time that they really want. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I ask myself yeah. when I've got kids whose behaviors at, and are more on more on the extreme end of the spectrum, um, and it's it's probably one of the most important questions I, I've asked myself about a child. What do they want? What, yeah. What What are they trying to get by doing what that? That's true. Do they want and. If I can't answer that question, then I have to do, you know, I have to start noticing and, you know, school psychologists will come in and do an F in our district, we call it an FBI, FBA. I think it's a formative behavioral assessment. You know, like what are the, the precursors right, to a meltdown? Right. What are the precursors to the Johnny throwing a chair or, you know, what are the precursors to the temper tantrum? Um, but, you know, even as a classroom teacher, before a school psychologist walks in my door, I'm already asking that question. What does he or she want? And then right. trying What's to pay trigger? attention to what happens be- right before the behavior. Mm-hmm. Th- th- yeah. yeah. And if you can answer, if you can find and answer that question, you're well on your way to solving that problem. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes parents can help with that, too. You know, because they know their kids so well, you could ask them, you know, especially if the child's having some problems. And if you're yes. having a contract, yes. you definitely yes. should have involve them. the parent, have yep. a parent meeting, yep. have the parent sign the contract yep. also. So I would everybody's also, on the same page. I would also have the principal in there too. Depending so on the severity. I don't on. always have my principal in if I'm doing a, yeah. a behavioral plan. I might give it to put a copy of it in my principal's box, mm-hmm. but for I, I do more like the parent child thing. Um, at the principal, yeah, 
Yeah, we had to report on that in a database for our okay. for our principal. Um, so the principal would be aware that that mm -hmm. the contract yeah. has been signed, but didn't that. need to be involved in it. Unless in most it was cases. extreme behavior, I mean, really extreme, yeah. you know, where right, yeah, I have, have and you have those, to yeah. move from the classroom because the behavior is not safe, and you know, the kid child needs to be isolated, and yeah. that's the way to isolate them is pick up everything and move. <laughs> that's uh, mm -hmm. you right. know, the the principal's involved with the contract. Yeah, I guess I should have yeah, said that too, because that's basically what it is. If you have a kid that's having a lot of problems, you set up a contract and sometimes as a last resort, you set up a contract and a principal yeah. might need to be there. And sometimes too, like I'm thinking about some of the target sheets I've I've done, you know, like kind of like what Kathy's talked about, like short term kinds of stuff with um, negative, you know, negative behaviors. Um, I've had kids who, you know, can't see the positive to save their lives. They're, they're in such a bad place. Sometimes my little contract thing or my little um, target sheet is just a sheet that's designed to help them reframe their day in a positive light. And then they take that home and they mm -hmm. share it with their parent and they have to share the positive thing they reflected on with me. Oh, I like and, that. And then that's another positive mm -hmm. point because they have to have that conversation with their parent. Which can give the parent the shift. I, I use Class Dojo. Yeah. Do you use yeah. it? Does Tracy? anybody have any opinions on Class Dojo? You know, I do not. But, and here's the, is it like, I think so much of what I read or saw, you know, in Facebook groups about it, it seemed so much like flip chart point stuff right. that I... I, and I never do, and I'm saying that because I'm not dug around. I use it, it and I, I and I love kinda, using yeah, it, not for me. but I never show um, it to the kids. So like it's never it, posted for anyone to see. It's more for conversation points mm -hmm. when I meet with kids. Um, so, and it'll have mm -hmm. the positive. Go ahead. Okay. So you yeah, keep parents it, can but see. You don't so have it's the great talking points it. for parents. <laughs> Um, if I'm monitoring certain kids' it? behaviors, like it shows you what time different behaviors happened at mm -hmm. too. So I can kind of track like, oh, okay. you know, is there a time of day where they're more disruptive than others? Um, what I like about it is you can um, tailor it to the behaviors right. you want to see. So like the positive behaviors, it's like uses teamwork, stays on task, um, cooperates in a group, listens, you know, listens or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then the negative behaviors... Mm -hmm. Oh, it's on your phone. It's it an seemed app. Un, it seemed so literally like to me, like if you're teaching, how do you manage that? Well, good, I usually do because I take pictures all day long. So <laughs> yeah, but so you I, have to carry your phone everywhere not, you go in not your class. Not at all. And what I do though is because it's set up with my speaker. Right. So so you don't find it, that unwieldy. It, I like click it, on whichever it, behavior. It, they don't know who I'm clicking on or anything. Okay. But it cuts mm -hmm. through any sound. So, like, if they're talking really loudly, and all of a sudden they hear that negative, like, um, they literally dead stop and they refocus and they start working again. So, I love it in that it becomes those cues. It's a oh. it's an auditory cue, um, mm. but it's not shaming any kids. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of. Yeah. Not its original intention, but it works. 
It's like a clicker. It's a modern day clicker. Is there any way that that becomes some teachers use it like that, and then it becomes like those awful charts? Kids being aware, and it's public, and to me, that's no. The flip charts that are just—I I, I just can't so, stand them. Um, yeah. Okay, you're talking yeah. about clip clip charts. Clip down, charts. you know that Those kind of so thing, horrible. and it's so public. Um, I don't right. know. I don't. I right. guess I feel like if you're getting the same results yeah. over and over and over again, is the behavior modification really working? No. <laughs> no. I mean, it's modified yeah. you. You keep doing the same thing and you're getting the same terrible <laughs> results. Why? I think that doing it. You know. It's yes. like my dieting strategy. Yes. <laughs> I think it all comes down to rapport with the kids and the parents. Yes. You know, like Tracy, you said, you sit and talk with them. You take them, you know, have lunch with them and they know that you care about them. That's all. That's what it's all about. If you have that, and and they, I'm not they saying like I, you know, you I've had my share of of explosive children. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that it's oh, all yeah. Disneyland. It's not, but um, I do think that you know, setting up a plan, d- doing the steps that we've talked about, where you know you're giving immediate feedback, um, immediate consequences or rewards, that it's consistent and concise. And that, you know, when you set up a plan, you're very specific and in, in your thinking about what it is you want to influence. I mean, you know, it's hard because some, you know, so much of what we do is, once you agree yeah, with ladies, it's with so <laughs> emotionally charged. It is. Draining too. Yes. And it's so difficult to not become wrapped up in the emotion of it. I mean, because to be honest, you know, you've got a kid that you feel like is terrorizing oh, yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, raise your hand if you don't have those thoughts that, that are, God, I just want it to stop, you know? Oh, you know? Oh, God. Or Take you find yourself going breath. into the teacher's lounge and venting to everyone who will listen, which is yeah. really a non-productive way of right. approaching a, a child and a problem with the child because all you're doing is fueling your negative thoughts and feelings about the situation and, and really breaking confidentiality, you know, you're not having a conversation for um, problem solving. You're having a conversation because you're pissed off at a kid and that's a difference. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do for, for, for sure. No, no. No, it really, and it's good if you have like a, a right. partner or somebody that you're public, close right. with and yeah. you can, you can vent with them because they understand, you know, cause sometimes you do need mm-hmm. to vent, you need to get that out, you know, when you're, right. we're, no, no. Cause we're here. Yeah. All right. So ladies, we've had a lot to say. And I mean, my goodness, there's whole books and dissertations written on this topic. I feel like we can go on and on, right. but um, we're going to cut it short here tonight. You know, between the four of us, we probably, I think I was thinking about this. Between we, we the four do. of us, I think we <laughs> have over 100 years teaching experience. Have you thought about that? Wow. Yeah. We do. Yeah. For so sure. We could go That's on crazy. and on and on. <laughs> so let's cut we here could. and let's go on <laughs> to our, our ending. So what is your number one behavior modification tip for your classroom? 
Retta, start us off. I I guess my number one tip is is was my Rainbow City classroom. Just having the kids in charge, the kids and I made the rules together. We had a mayor and we had, you know, um, all uh, other kinds of government jobs. And we would have a town meeting at least once a week. And we would call a town meeting if there was a behavior problem. Like people could could suggest to the mayor topics for, for our meetings. And if there was a specific behavior mm-hmm. problem without naming names, of course, but identifying the problem, this is something we could talk about and we problem solve together. And the economy that went with it, with mm-hmm. you know the dollars that they got and the ability to spend them at our store. Um, and basically the store was like a bunch mm-hmm. of fancy art and school supplies. It was, it was stuff that they could use in school that I'd probably be putting out of the centers anyway, but this way they had to buy them. Um, that whole thing, the government and the economy just worked so well together that I, for years, didn't find the need for any other kind yeah. of behavior modification. The kids modified uh, their tip, own behavior think, themselves because they just, saw a need for it. It's so hard for, for me to run systems. So, <laughs> like, I, there's tip. just so many pieces to things. So my biggest tip is just build that rapport with your kids and let them know that you care about mm-hmm. them and respect them. And they will pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah. Once they know that this is how our classroom works best and runs best, and this is what's expected, mm-hmm. and I, I same mm-hmm. thing. I think yeah. the longer I've taught, the I, the less need I had for um, mm-hmm. something something complicated. <laughs> yep. Right, right. I think that mm-hmm. my number one tip is. Um, depersonalize the behavior Mm -hmm. so that when a child is misbehaving, you need to separate that behavior from a child. You, and I'll say it again, you need to separate the behavior from the child. So a bad behavior is not a bad child. If you can um, maintain a neutral stance and you say to a child, you know, who's calling out all the time and interrupting your lessons. If you say to a child, Instead of using the words you, you need to stop doing that. You, you know, if you like literally say that's calling out, name the behavior, point it out and continue Mm -hmm. and then choose to talk to them in private about it. Um, But depersonalizing that behavior will help you be less emotional and you will avoid power struggles if you do that. Yep. Well, mine is consistency, you know, be consistent with your discipline, let them know you love them, but be consistent and um, have Mm -hmm. the consequences fit the action. Good, good tips. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, we are definitely out of time. We went long tonight. Um, Listeners, we hope you like what you hear. If you do, Take time to rate us or leave us a comment on, on your listening platform. And then come back next week because we are featuring our another book talk, theme talk podcast. We will be talking about <laughs> anti-bullying. To teach about <laughs> bullying with your kids. Not to teach them how to bully, but to teach them how to bully. I was going to say that. How to 
we always have so much fun with these this uh, podcast and then we'll be blogging about that as well um we've got tons of book ideas to share with you so be sure that you come back because we know you teach so hard Thank you.